Welcome back to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. I'm Carrie Ann. I am so glad that you are tuning in to another episode. All right, so before we get into this week's topic, I want to let you know that you can support the podcast with a donation. You can click the donate to the podcast link in the show description, or you could go to carryonfriends.com and click the donate link at the top of the page. So you could donate whatever amount you wish. It means a lot to support the podcast. Remember, the link is in the show notes or description, and it's also on the website. Thank you for supporting. All right, so let's get into this week's episode. Today, I want to talk about peer support, finding the right connections and accountability. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is one of the many things that we've learned or experienced in the past two plus years since COVID is the importance of connections, whether we need to have more connections, not just from a business career standpoint, but just human. That's what we were built for. And yeah, you know, the snarky person might say, yeah, I learned I needed not to have certain connections with some people, but yeah, we get that. That's for a different time or a different episode. So I want to share my experiences as to how peer support and finding the right connections and accountability were very helpful to me as I was trying to figure out what business I was going to start, starting Carry On Friends to where I am now and why I'm realizing that having peer support connections and accountability is especially important in a COVID world where there's been an acceleration in jobs that are mostly remote or hybrid. And so we are not in a traditional office setting or, you know, business setting or whatever the different scenarios or circumstances are. So here's my story. In the land of entrepreneurship and career growth, I'd often find myself around people who would tell me about their business ideas, their career endeavors, ideas, some challenges. And I would listen to their ideas and I would listen to all the things that they were experiencing. And oftentimes they would, you know, ask me for help and guidance. And I would see opportunities that they weren't taking advantage of and offer guidance and solutions. They always thought that I was great and I should start my own business. And guess what? I thought so too. So off I went to start a business. But wait, what business am I starting? I mean, everybody said I was organized, a problem solver, a big picture thinker, and calm under pressure. Guys, I literally just read some feedback from my performance evaluations. But outside of career, people who I didn't work with or weren't my supervisors they gave me these feedback. So it was a common thread, right? And so I know you've heard this. I've also read a lot of articles that said, if people keep saying you're good at something and you yourself consider it easy and it's a no-brainer, then it's something that you're good at, right? But still, what kind of business was I going to do being organized, calm, and big picture thinker? And not just any business, but one that I really wanted to do. I mean, in my head, organized was decluttering people's house. And I don't want that. I have no interest in decluttering anything, right? 
So I felt myself getting closer, but also not as close as I'd want to be in getting some clarity. And so for years, I tried to build my own business. I felt frustrated because the ideas and creativity that flowed so freely from me to others and their endeavors were not happening for me in my own business or my road to my own business because I didn't have a business yet. I was just like, why can't I come up with a good idea? Here's a perfect example. I think for weeks, maybe months, I tried to come up with a name for a website. And this is something that is true years ago. And it's, I promise you, it's still true today because I'm thinking back to even something that just happened the other day. A friend of mine called me to discuss a blog she wanted to start. And by the end of that call, she had a name for her blog. While the website I wanted to start was no closer to finding a name, right? So this was before I even got to carry on, friends. It was a vicious cycle of feeling overwhelmed by all that I had to do, frustrated because I felt there was no one to help me and stuck because my friends and family wanted to help, but they didn't quite know how to, which really wasn't their fault. When you're building a side hustle, a business, or growing your career, you can't really monopolize your conversations with your friends about your business ideas or expect them to help you with your business. Well, you could, but at the risk of frustrating your friends and family, and eventually you'll be frustrated because they're frustrated and a vicious cycle. But you see where I'm going, right? I felt like I was moving slower than a snail in circles. The inertia sets in, and soon all the work I was doing slowed down to then eventually stopping altogether. And then after a few weeks, you know, I'd feel guilty about being complacent and lazy only to start work, feel frustrated, overwhelmed, and stuck again. Cycles, right? I feel like you're stuck in the matrix. But anyway, there's a lot to do, and I was trying to do everything, but not getting much done at the same time. Even after I said, okay, you follow a trick, focus on one to two things, which I do believe is a still good approach, even that was not enough to help me make progress. Similarly, from a professional standpoint, I was beginning to feel like I was in a rut in my career. I took on a new role and challenge, but after a year, I felt like I had plateaued. You know, you, you go into a job fresh and energetic and you killing it like boom, bam, bam, you know? And then after that, it's like, wait, what else for me to do? That's been my experience, right? Again, friends would offer support because, of course, they sometimes had similar feelings in their own careers. And so even with friends who have careers, they would commiserate. But what I needed was some strategy to help me get out of the rut and focus on the next career move. I just couldn't operate this way and wanted to be a successful entrepreneur or experience the professional success I wanted. And I knew something had to be done. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but one day I found myself, as usual, having a conversation with my brother-in-law. But as the conversation progressed, we were talking about his business and his ideas for growth. Then Brian turned to me and said, your turn. What are you doing about your business, about your career? I was surprised. 
because usually I'm the one asking this question. And so I just did a shrug. I'm like, I don't know. And Brian responded, we should fix that. Or in his word, we need to fix that. (laughs) So from that conversation, we decided that we were going to have some weekly check-ins. And back then it was Skype. And I mean, back then I'm, I'm literally thinking, wow, 2000, late 2012. And the goal of these check-ins was to help each other grow professionally as well as grow as entrepreneurs. And we call these our little power sessions. An amazing thing began to happen. Things that were taking me a long time to accomplish were getting done much quicker. I was more productive, not because I was setting deadlines for myself. I did those on my own. I had no problem setting deadlines. As a matter of fact, I probably set too much deadlines, them too tight. But um, I was more productive because with the help of my brother-in-law and accountability partner, you know, dual role, I wasn't as overwhelmed with all the tasks ahead of me. And together, we mapped out things that needed to be done one week at a time. I had clear action items that were now being held accountable by someone else. Having my strategic partner, I realized that I needed someone who understood the challenges that I was facing. I needed someone to hold me accountable on days where my focus and self-discipline were lacking because it's not enough to be focused and self-discipline. Trust me. Um, I needed someone for me, like what I was for others. Were all the mental challenges gone? Absolutely not. Of course not. And in addition to mental challenges, there were both career and business ups and downs. We landed and tested ideas, scrapped ideas that weren't sustainable, modified business strategy and pivot, pivot and do all sorts of stuff, service offerings, change career paths. All of this is still happening. There were good days and there were bad days, good choices and not so good choices. But the difference here was I had someone who understood those challenges and could offer ideas when mental strain, tiredness, and fatigue causes self-doubt and loss of faith. So Brian and I no longer have these formal sessions, but we're always chatting about family and business. We do. It's just the thing that we do. My sister-in-law says, here on the go, because we're going to be off talking about that. And since then, I have found new accountability partners, Michaela, and Michaela and I, our relationship grew where it's beyond accountability. You know, we are friends and we are a formidable, creative, collaborative team. The other pattern here is as you find accountability partners over time, that accountability isn't sustainable because that relationship will change. And now you barely could hold each other accountable because it's pure chattings. But anyway, I digress. So your family and friends, love you and they support you. My family and friends, they love and they support me. But I realized that they were not the ones I needed to constantly use as a sounding board or seek for guidance or motivation as I attempt to grow my business or career. Brian is the exception and it's because me and Brian have the same birthdays. (laughs) So my brother-in-law in in this case, while he classifies as family, he's an exception because he's similar to me. Um, If you want any kind of growth, progress, you really need peer support. You need accountability, you know, whether you do that as an informal group 
you know, a mastermind. They talk a lot about masterminds, you know, our connections. You want to make sure that you're adding value to them and they're adding value to you. Surrounding yourself with other positive people of diverse background and experience is also key. Finding people who are where you are or want to be and seeking their guidance is also the goal. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. It's not easy. It's not easy because most of our parents taught us to just go to school, do well, graduate, get a job, work hard at that job, and then, you know, you're going to be set. Everything's set. And you've heard it many times on this podcast from other people. It's been memed enough times. But we now know that it's just not enough to graduate, get a good job, and work hard. Those things are helpful, but there was one critical component missing. One that our parents at the time thought would distract us from getting good grades, graduating college, and hinder us on the road to success. And that critical component were people, connections in the form of friends and schoolmates. We now know that our parents focused more on the adverse effects of having friends and being distracted. And that wasn't a misplaced concern. We can all go back in life and think of one friend who followed this bad friend. But they place such a heavy emphasis on not having friend, don't follow friend, don't listen to friend, that we didn't get enough of the schooling that showed us the benefits of having friendships. And that maybe a, not everybody's going to be a BFF, but they're going to be colleagues that can be helpful in our growth, whether it's entrepreneurs, business people, um, professionals, whatever. I went to two different universities in two different states, and I only kept in contact with one person from each school. I missed out on having that network today. Sure, I didn't have the luxury of social media back in the 90s, but connecting with people who I barely spoke to was odd. And quite honestly, I, I just wasn't very social that they'd remember who I was. I learned to blend in. I learned to hold my head down and work. But in doing so, I excluded a large segment of my network by having these limited relationships with my college schoolmates. Even after getting into the workplace, I still had that hold your head down and do the work mentality. Nah, socialize. I seen enough memes that say that. Don't force me to socialize. And I get it. There's a balance with forcing someone to socialize and giving them a choice, right? In both instances, I just missed out on opportunities to create the relationships or connections that help build the foundation of meaningful connections and relationships that are crucial for personal success. There's a lot of jobs that are available, but they're never advertised because these roles are filled through referrals. Someone who they knew and trust made referrals and introductions. We do it every day. If you want to go to a new barber, a new hairstylist, a doctor, we ask someone else for suggestions, right? Most of my jobs, with the exception of maybe two, came through referrals. And I've had jobs where I wasn't even looking. I was poached. So someone's like, hey, I have this job opportunity. Hey, I think you should do this, right? So our successes are not in a silo. We're not by ourselves. There are other people who will play a role in our success in some way, shape, or form. 
accountability and building strategic connections is a path to that. We've had this conversation recently with people trying to find a job during COVID. Have you noticed these job titles don't make no sense? These job titles read one thing and the job description is like four jobs combined. And so if you're supposed to customize your resume based on the job, how can you do that when the job posting is an amalgamation of multiple roles, right? And I realized that having networks, deep networks, is going to be critical in finding jobs now, especially as they come up with the fancier titles and the hybridization of these different roles. It's crazy, y'all. Now, as I hinted earlier, I'm aware that insufficient networking and creating worthwhile and meaningful connections has been a big challenge for Caribbean Americans. And I think people of color generally. I've experienced it. You, the audience, has experienced it. You've told me directly that you experience it and you need networking opportunities. And now adding on top of this, how do we network in COVID? A remote work world. And as I mentioned, all these changes to how people do job description and all these different things, jobs, how roles kind of change. It's kind of hard because you, you really don't know what is the next career path? What is the next business opportunity? Because it, it just seems very undefined. The reason why we have a challenge networking is because, yo, we're not like rejection. It's awkward. It's weird. It's like, you know, nobody likes to be the kid who starts school in the middle of the school year when everybody already have them friend them. You know, it's awkward. It's like walking to the cafeteria with your plate and you're like, where are you going to sit? And you're looking for an empty spot, which is exactly what we do. And so we don't often build connections. I know that. And I was able to paint that picture because that's what I did. If I not empty seat that you chill right there. We also don't like it because it makes us vulnerable because of the possibility of rejection. It's like going in for a high five and you get left hanging. It's that dude walking into the, the Caribbean party and or the job and I heal up everybody, everybody ignore him. And when you realize that nobody not paying attention, he sucks his teeth and say, never like them anyway, but through my parents raised me with manners, but us are ill up people. You know, you, you you find an excuse as to why you did it anyway, even though it make you look, as my grandmother said, like you look cute, make you feel away. I get it. Especially if you're an introvert. It's not what you want to do. And we talked about this in a couple episodes back, right? Introverts feel exhausted at the thought of going out and doing all this chatting and small talk, but it's about small steps. In the age of social media, we connect with friends and we connect and follow people. But the reality is relationships aren't overnight. You can connect with someone instantaneously on social media, but building relationships take time. When we are in our feelings, feeling sorry for ourselves or a peer group or accountability group, whatever one you want to join, they're there to support you. They're there to empathize, commiserate, and they'll tell you to snap out of it. I give you five minutes, but then be done. And so the reason why I wanted to share this is because, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've had just different people just say, hey, let's do this. And I found that it was helpful in moving me out of a place of 
you know, being in the lab by yourself doing work and also helpful in that next career opportunity. I can't state that enough. Or even clarity on what that next career opportunity should be because we don't always know. It's that clarity in what you should be focusing as the goal for your business or what attempts should you be making. And so that's been my story as to how peer group and peer support has been helpful. And I do understand that this is not easy. And I'm not saying to go out and do the most. It's just finding what works for you. So here are some things that have worked to me in the past, not all at the same time, one at a time, maybe sometimes two at a time, but they could work. So here are some things that you can do to start being strategic. Depending on your industry, you could join a professional association. I felt that was the easiest thing. Um, I'm part of professional associations, but I don't always engage. But one of the tricks that I've used to engage is volunteer for a committee. Their committees, they will tell you what they want to do. Somebody already is ahead of the committee, so they'll say, how can you help? And they say, you know, I have X amount of time. They give you a little thing to do. And that's a start. It's like a warm-up. So professional association is one of the things that I found has been an easy way to build connections. And when they have member meetups and all of that, participate. Even, you know, just show up. You know, even if it's just to recognize, oh, I've seen this name before. How are you doing? You've been on the last couple calls. I haven't, you haven't spoken. Hi, you know, say something. Um, there are also a lot of networking groups on LinkedIn. And I know this one is a 50-50. A lot of them, we, you know, they'll be posting their own articles and stuff. And there are some that are really focused on building connections. So again, trying it out and, you know, you're free to leave a group if it's not working out for you on any of these platforms, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook. Your school's alumni association, I don't know how well or how robust those things are, but you could try that as well. Masterminds. Masterminds have been a thing. I don't know. People still do them a lot, but you can do one or you could create one yourself. And you don't need 50, 11 people. You just need maybe three to five odd numbers are good. But as I mentioned before, masterminds, accountability partners, they're only for a limited time. You could do them in three to six month spurts, but then after a while, it's very hard to be held accountable because over the three to six months, you've kind of developed a bond or a friendship that, you know, it's not such a rigorous holding your feet to the fire to the things you have to accomplish. As we move through the rest of the year, themes of peer support, building connections, and accountability are going to be recurring themes because I believe everyone, but particularly for us as a Caribbean community, building deeper connections and not just with people who we share a cultural heritage with, but, you know, like deep means that people in your workplace and then you expand out in your, in your, in your industry and then you expand out your community is going to be very helpful and helping other people with those connections Let's let's say, for instance, my brother-in-law, Brian, I need something done. I'm going to reach out to Brian. And if he doesn't know somebody directly, he knows somebody who can connect me with somebody else. That's leveraging the power of your network. And I think it's extremely critical that we focus and make this a priority. And it's not using, it is literally being smart because it's not just us getting, we also have to give. 
So the same way we're leveraging someone else's network, we also should be using our networks to help other people. It's a give and take. And I hope that we are preparing ourselves to be on this path, making a small step to build these connections. And that's all I have for this episode. I know this was a little different, but this was this one was 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 on my heart because of my experiences in the last couple months with networks and how things have changed for me based on my connections professionally, you know, creatively, and how this can impact or help you grow. So let us set our eyes to making a conscious effort to building connections, opening up our networks to help other people. And by doing that, also be open to receiving support from others as well. And before I go, I just want to remind you again, you can support the podcast, donate to the podcast. And as I love to say at the end of the show, walk good. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience. Produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends. <laughs>